This podcast was prepared or accomplished by Dylan Weller and Jonathan Kovacs in their personal capacity. Any views or opinions expressed or represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the podcast hosts and their guests. They do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the hosts or guests may or may not be affiliated or associated with in a professional or personal capacity. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual. The names, dates, or personal details may have been changed or removed to protect confidentiality. Rumor has it, you hop in your car, drive straight to Comox because you're so excited to get there. <laughs> you didn't even stop for food, as they say. And then when you show up at Comox, you got tasked right away on arguably one of the missions of the year. So let's hear yeah. that. Yeah, and I guess the, the show hasn't really um, heard about that uh, call yet. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get into it. I'm going to, um, purposely avoid some details just for, you know, uh, the privacy of the, the, the people involved. Yeah. Appreciate um, but, uh, but yeah, no, uh, so I got to Comox, I was posted to Comox in the summer of 2019. And, uh, I was, it was my second day at the shop and I was just doing the, the, usual in routine stuff, paperwork and all that stuff. And, uh, and the, the squadron got a call for a plane crash and, uh, and the, the team leader on the quorum was uh, Rob DeMonso and he wanted to bring an additional SARTEC. So uh, just by chance, I, I was there and I was available and all my kit was already at the squadron. I think I had just picked it up that morning. Um, so I hopped on with, uh, with Rob DeMonso and Gabe Block and, uh, the details of the, the call were pretty sparse. Um, what we, what we knew when we left was there was, uh, a float plane crash and we knew that, or I believe at the time we thought that it was in the water based on the coordinates given us, given to us. Um, <clears throat> so we had the... <laughs> We had the corn packed with all of our gear. We had three sets of dive gear. We we were pretty much ready for anything at that point, but not really knowing, you know, what was going to happen. Um, along the way, uh, we got a bunch of med gear ready, and at at some point, so um, we were actually this this took place on an island, just north of Vancouver Island. Um, I can't remember the transit time exactly. I think we probably had less than an hour, I would think, but I. I can't remember too well. Um, did you, did, sorry to interrupt. Did you know yeah. how, how many people were on board? Did you say that? Yep. Yeah, uh, I didn't say that, but we, we, I think we knew that there was nine people. Nine. Um, yeah. So we knew that. Uh, and then as we got closer, we found out that it, that it is on land or it was on land. It wasn't in the water. So that in some sense was a bit of a relief, um, you know, knowing that, we weren't going to have to bust out the dive gear or anything crazy like that. Well, was uh, it the winter or summer? Was it was summer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a very, um, foggy, misty day. Um, and, uh, we got to, so yeah, along the way, we, we found out that it's on land and there is a crew on scene. We didn't, uh, really know, um, much more than that. Uh, then we, we got to the island where, where it had happened and it was pretty obvious. You could see the wreckage in the trees and smoke coming up. I think the buffalo beat us there maybe and they, they passed uh, some more information on to us. Um, 
And then, uh, yeah, we set up to hoist in myself, Rob and Gabe. Uh, we had to set up a ways back from the crash site. So once again, the TFZ wasn't gonna plane. Um, and we were probably only a hundred or 200 meters away from the crash site where we hoisted in, but it was uh, dense, uh, like a pretty dense forest and um, uh, pretty tough terrain to cross. And I, I remember being pretty bagged by the time we had make, made it to the crash site. And, uh, and when we finally got to the, the, the crash site, it was, it was a mess. There was uh, pieces of the plane everywhere. The, the plane itself um, was suspended in the trees and then there's a bunch of, uh, there's casualties inside of it and, and below the plane as well. And uh, one thing that made this, uh, this call really difficult was just the train it was in, like just moving around the plane from one side to the other. Like I remember it taking 10 minutes just to crawl around from, from one side to the other over, you know, deadfall. And uh, it was, there's thick mud too. And we we're on the side of a hill and uh, a big hazard up, up above us that that plane it was leaking fuel just pouring out and uh it was you know just kind of kind of swinging there in the trees just suspended up there uh that was one of my big concerns was you know having that plane fall especially uh um when the cormorant uh came for extraction um yeah i won't get into too much detail about the patients unfortunately there there were some fatalities uh, and we had uh, some critical patients as well. And miraculously, we, we had one with no injuries at all, really. He had a scrape wow. on his face and that was about it. And that, that was uh, pretty amazing. But um, it was obvious to us that, that we needed more assistance. Like uh, uh, we had, you know, three of us Sartex. We, we could have had 10 Sartex uh, and there still would have been a ton of work to go around. So uh, Rob asked the, the Buffalo Sartex to jump in. Uh, so on the buff, there was uh, Steph Clavet. I know you guys know him well. And uh, Josh Terry, one of our, uh, one of our course mates. Um, yeah. And uh, they, they, because of the uh, low level fog, that was a 1500 foot uh, operational jump, which is pretty cool. They jumped uh, into the ocean and, uh, and then they, uh, they got picked up by a Coast Guard boat and then uh, a Coast Guard helicopter took them as close as they could uh, get to the crash site. And, uh, and they brought uh, like a Stokes litter with them and a bunch of other gear. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. That probably, to me, that speaks to how dense that forest must have been. If you can't even yeah. find somewhere to jump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. And it, it was, a, it was a hill too. It was a, yeah. like this Island was just a massive hill. So yeah. Into the water they went. And, um, yeah, we also, we had a couple coasties helping us. Um, and there was two doctors that just happened to be, uh, passing by on the BC ferries and, uh, they, uh, volunteered to go help and do what they could. And, and, uh, all those guys, uh, deserve, uh, you know, um, a lot of respect for the risk they took to, uh, to go into that scene with a lot of hazards and, and help us out. Yeah. And how, I mean, yeah, like you said, we're not going to get into details. And so like, let me know, but, uh, how was the extraction and how close were you to a road for these doctors to be able to come in? Like they were ferried by the helicopter or. Yeah, they were, they were, I, 
they got there before us. So I don't know ex oh. exactly how, um, how that was for them. I, I imagine it was, it was probably pretty tough as well because that uh, Coast Guard hel <coughs> helicopter could only get so close. But yeah, there was, there's no roads or anything like that on this island, pretty remote area. Check. And how yeah. was extraction done? Were you guys able to hover, I'm assuming? Like you guys hoisted Yeah, out? so the, uh, the cormorant came back and uh, we did our best to, um, you know, set up a, a, a bit of an ex uh, extraction point, like as far away from the, the plane as we could get. Um, there was, uh, you know, I, I can't remember if it was Clav or Rob that was uh, making quick work of the forest there with a the chainsaw, you know, uh, clearing out a space. <laughs> and uh yeah Clav. yeah um we hoisted uh five of the casualties all together and then ourselves yeah it was a it was a packed cormorant wow so so i'm trying to paint the scene of this uh you got a hill mud there's deadfall everywhere there's a dense forest and you have two doctors uh five sartex is that accurate? Yeah. Um, and then of course your casualties. Coasties. It just shows you how yep. like how Couple coasties as well. Oh, and they were there as yeah. well. Yeah. So yeah. um and uh they're probably you probably still could have used more, you know, like oh totally. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's crazy. And, wow. Uh this is a good uh a learning point for myself and um you know any any other younger Sartex that are listening, but uh one of the one of the big things we could have used was more litters, right? We had, we had our stokes, um, but uh, you know, we had uh, three casualties that had to go out by stokes and only one stokes to move them. And uh, you know, there's just this kind of lull where we, we couldn't move casualties. And um, so I recommend to, uh, to anyone to pack some form of litter in your kit, even if it's just, uh, you know, one of those sheets or something. I have a small, <clears throat> a small roll-up litter called a foxtrot litter. It's like a, it's like a sked, but much narrower and not really something you could uh, hoist with. But I keep that on my B25 just in case I ever get in a situation like this again, where I want, uh, you know, as many litters as possible, right? Because that's the, that's the tough part is, you know, moving these casualties that have, you know, uh, serious injuries can't just drag them really right yeah certainly not over that train that's yeah. a good point that's man. a good lesson yeah. learned yeah because yeah, no one really thinks uh I, I mean it might not be the first thing that comes to mind you know is to bring more stokes and, well, it doesn't uh, get yeah. talked about you know like yeah, yeah. no yeah. yeah that's yeah. huge i've seen other forms uh you know guys have like uh I, I can't think of the name of it but those uh the sheets that essentially like it's a real tough sheet that folds down nice and small and you can lay a casualty on it's got handles you can drag them like anything anything would have helped in that uh, situation yeah well when yeah. we do just i mean just to give a little appreciation to the to the listeners when we do just medical scenarios you know just like a quick little medical scenario in the shop you know and it's like two sartex a team leader and a team member and if it's like a real sweaty call you know like where you're working quite hard you know let's just say um like an anaphylactic like a uh, an allergic reaction to something you know that's quite demanding because you need to work fast and there's two of you and so 
you know, it can be quite demanding for that, to, for two guys to work on a patient. So having three guys to work on one person, you know, would be a ton helpful just in training for yeah. fun, you know? So now we're talking mm -hmm. about real life. Now they're, they're not on a blue mat with like room everywhere, you know, like a, your situation, there's trees, the fuel is what I'm like super concerned about. Like that would have mm -hmm. like freaked me out quite a bit, you know, like you never know, you know, like that's probably a huge danger, but I mean, like if we think of those five star texts, it's like, Oh, five star texts. That's wicked. That's nine people, man. Like five star, star texts is probably, you know, you can be pretty proficient probably with like two or three, you know, at mm -hmm. that many people, yeah. you know, but uh, obviously we can take care of a lot more. We have like super great protocols, protocols in place for us to follow for major air disasters. And I'm sure you guys followed that pretty strong. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of, uh, obviously a lot of improvising is, uh, situation changes, a lot of uh, um, upgrading and downgrading casualties as we learn more about them and as their condition changed. Uh, cool. Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite, an, quite an experience and uh, interesting way to start at 442.